It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Jonathan Winters. No complaints yet, so... No complaints. As at, at recording time. Oh, hi, Megan. Oh, hi, Doug. Good morning to you. Good morrow. Good morrow. It's time to watch The Muppets. It's time. And they're so cute. I love The Muppets. We watched the Jonathan Winters episode airing in the UK on February 8th, 1980, and in the, in the New York City on March 13th, 1980. Jonathan Winters, eh? And Megan, you know what? Oh, no. Today's February 10th. I'm like, how interesting that this episode aired in the UK today, but it's February 10th today. Uh, at this, yeah, today is definitely at, February. At release time. Yeah, it's definitely February 10th. Um, um, I think maybe we should just jump right into it. You want to get things started? I think so. Why don't you get me started? Hold open. Jonathan Winters is convinced that there's a curse on the show and insists he saw a gypsy woman in the alley with one eye. Oh, but sir, there, there's no gypsy curse. Oh, yeah. It's always people like you that say, there's no gypsy curse. Well, there is a gypsy curse. I saw her in the alley. Frightwig, a woman with hair clear out to here. One eye, that tells you something. One-eyed woman. She looked like she'd been hit from the back real hard. It just <clears throat> popped out. She said, there's a curse on the show. What does it take to, to believe me? Gee, I... Well, that'll do fine. Glad you took the brunt of it. Scooters are ready cross-eyed, by the way. Um, okay, so this episode opened with a yep. warning. It was a major warning, and my TV froze at the time, uh-huh. and I was like, wait, do they just like want to... Dr- I didn't realize the TV froze, I just thought it was taking too long, mm-hmm. and I'm like... Why are they keeping? Yeah, they're. Why are they keeping this warning up for so long? So, but I know why. I scrolled down through the notes here, and before you say why, I want to say that in the edits here it says Disney Plus includes a preceding disclaimer about negative stereotypes in this episode, although no instances are mentioned specifically. Cue me. (laughs) Oh, should we start rattling them off? Okay, let's just (laughs) let's just say the whole episode is based on a gypsy. I know. So, what do you know about, like, gypsy culture? Like, um, so I did for a while. Oh, my God. How many years ago is that show now? I remember watching my big, fat gypsy life, wedding, whatever the show was. It was a a a British? It was a... Yes. Oh, is it British? I, no, I know. I watched the... They made an American oh, version. Oh, they made an America yeah. version. Okay, because I was going to bring this up. There was a British version mm-hmm. um, long, long ago. Yeah. But the thing is, is that there is a lot of quote-unquote gypsy culture in europe more so than in the u.s and there's also there's actually like two types so one is what they call the travelers Mm -hmm. and those are different from the roma people travelers are irish right i think there's irish travelers or or, just some yeah Uh i'm not sure but i think what they're referring but i but i think that these cultures have conflated uh-huh. and maybe there's intermarriage between yeah. you know what i mean this like style culture but i i don't know enough about it but i, I do know the impression they were doing was more the romani yeah right like romani Cer- certainly version uh, certainly of these 
with like stereotypes and everything. The nose. Uh-huh. The characterization, definitely. I have yeah. never seen a Muppet with a bigger nose. <laughs> I liked it, but yeah. I was just like, all right. Like, even Gonzo is like, oh, hey, yeah. That, check out the schnoz on this guy, you know? Yeah, well, she was like a humanoid <laughs> yeah. Muppet. And it was Oh, J.P. Gross probably has a really disgusting nose. But her nose wasn't disgusting. It just came, it protruded. J.P. Gross has like a flat disgusting nose. Yeah. He has like a Jim Blossom nose. Like he's, he's drinking a lot. What was the gypsy's name? Oh, oh, it was Jerry Nelson. Okay. So I'm like, it had a very like Count Von Count. Yeah. Or like that. I don't remember. What was that guy's deal from a couple episodes ago that reminded me of the Count? I don't remember. I don't remember. But, um, we do so many of these. Like, okay, so then there's still one other instance. <laughs> we do so many of these. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really do feel like you're right, though. Like, this is different than just, like, laying on the couch and watching 120-something episodes of The Muppet Show. Like, literally, like, us just discussing it on a podcast. It makes it so much bigger. Feeling. I know. And when I see people commenting, I forget, like, one of the Muppets history, you know, um accounts posted something mm-hmm. and i was like that's not correct actually <laughs> you're like you actually don't have on, but you, suddenly they're yeah on your i was like i read it like twice and I, I wish i could i read it twice i can't even remember what it says uh-huh. but i remember being like nah i could mm-hmm. argue this <laughs> till the cows come home uh-huh. this is not right and muppets history do better speaking of the other day on twitter i saw miss piggy was trending and I was like, oh, why is Miss Piggy trending? And it was because Marjorie Taylor Greene wore an outfit that people were like, Miss Piggy wore it better kind of thing. Uh-huh. Whatever. But um, in one of the tweets that I saw randomly was like, Kermit treats Miss Piggy really badly. And I was like, like. like yeah. <laughs> like, just no context, this person. I'm yeah. Just like, uh-huh. You're right. <laughs> and like, maybe Kermit's ego wouldn't be so hyped if it wasn't for Miss Piggy. Uh-huh. Like, Miss Piggy stands Kermie. Like, these are all things that I really didn't think too hard about before we started doing this podcast. Like, how poorly Piggy's treated. <laughs> how much I love Gonzo. Um, okay, so, Kermit welcomes the audience and is almost hit by two sandbags that fall from the stage's fly system. After the second one drops, he says he thought lightning never struck twice, at which he is hit by a lightning bolt. I do like the idea of this episode being cursed. This feels like more of a premise that they almost were using in last week's Anne Murray episode. Oh, God. Remember, nothing could get off the ground on the Anne yeah. Murray episode, but there was no reason, really. Exactly. And honestly, when I saw how well things are going so far in this episode, I'm like, well, okay, we're back. We've returned. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened last week. That was legitimately, besides that pigs on a motorcycle mm-hmm. sketch, it was the worst episode. I, I don't think we've watched one worse than, yeah. Worse than that. It was just that... I just never want that sketch of Miss Piggy on a motorcycle Mm -hmm. and them singing Barbara Ann. I hope they use it again in another episode. Oh, Like how they do that sometimes. I hope they recycle it into an episode that has stronger, like, following. And I really want to see Kermit on the back of Miss Piggy's motorcycle. Like, really juice up that sketch a little bit. Imagine if they sang, like, Fat Bottom Girls or something like that. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I think so. At the circus, some pig lion tamers tease Butch out of the stage while singing Hold That Tiger. Sundance arrives, gun-tooting in, gun-tooting, gun-toting in a mask to rescue his friend. The pair exit the stage by way of weaving through three rings of fire. After the number, they take refuge in Stetler and Waldorf's box. I struggled to follow this sketch a little bit. I was like, what is going on? It was like a... 
Lion it was a clunker. And it was because it's a cursed sketch that's about lion taming, and for some reason they infused it with like a Butch Cassidy and Sundance like reference that I've never seen. So I'm like, it's way over my head. Yeah, it's definitely. Just we're like, so young. We're so young. But backstage, Kermit struggles to move the show on to the next act. Petty Severn, Severn, and her train chair are on the schedule, but it breaks. <laughs> I like this behind the scenes. It's just like, oh, I can't go on. And she's like, oh, well, I could go on. Could you do? Could we just be sticks? Or yeah. whatever? Like <clears throat> Kermit calls Bernice in her half horse, half watermelon act on the intercom. Floyd Pepper. Hey, man. Informs him that the horse half just came down with hoof and mouth disease. Kermit suggests using the watermelon half, but Floyd is disgusted at the thought. Fozzie finally suggests Jonathan Winters, but he's still horrified by the gypsy curse. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. I'll need college. So just as Kermit is introducing Jonathan, he appears from behind a curtain, crying that his props have been stolen. Fozzie offers his prop box so that Jonathan may continue his act. I did like this next bit with Jonathan's, like, prop act. Yeah. That, like, you see Fozzie's little hand at first, like, uh, handing yeah. him up the props, you know? Fozzie is so much fun, and he's really just kind of developed into this wholesome being. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a bad bone in his body. As rotted as Kermie is, um, yeah, like, Fozzie's yeah. the opposite. He's becoming, like, otherworldly. Yeah, in he's this, so... Like, but he's... I, I love when he puts his hand on his face, and uh-huh. he's, like, so shamed. He's like, oh, no... <laughs> Jonathan addresses the audience and explains the box as his collection of items he's gathered from around the world. Now cue the uh, music. Around the world, around the world. You, you're like, um, want to infuse this with like absolute radio, like morning DJ. Yes. <laughs> like little And you do cues. it. And I love it. <laughs> the more you do it, the more I'll cue it up for you, Doug. <laughs> from inside, Fozzie hands him several hats for which Jonathan performs a number of routines, including a historical ship's captain, a British gentleman, John Wayne, <laughs> and, and a Shoshone chief. This is the other problem. Oh, yes. Guess. Big time. During his tribal dance, the gypsy casts a spell from the wing of the stage. I was like, the good. Curtains down. Good. He put on the, the headdress and everything, and I was re- very uncertain. I still am to this moment. Whether or not whatever he was reciting was being done truly or just in like a imitation-y like voice gibberish put on, you know? Because it said in the subtitles like natives whatever. And I was like really not certain that he wasn't just saying mumbo jumbo, you know, like. Who knows? So I have to ask you a question. Who did this Jonathan Winters remind you of face-wise? I'll give you a hint. Seinfeld and Beetlejuice. Oh, he really does look like Otho. He looks like Otho. And what I just learned about, I'm like rewatching Seinfeld after like not watching them in a row. Like I've seen Seinfeld a million yeah. times, but like now I'm watching from the beginning. Uh-huh. And so I'm on season two and I didn't realize like his Jerry's like super slash landlord or whatever. Like the guy who takes care of the building is Otho. And yes. he's like, a, he plays yeah. a gay guy and he has like his yeah. partner or whatever. Like early in the series. Early, yeah. yeah season two, like episode three or four, it's like they're going to give Elaine. And is he with like a small Spanish guy? Yeah. 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 Who has like a. He always speaks Spanish and a little bit of English. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. okay. It's very cute though. But I just saw the episode where like, I was like watching and I'm like, oh, Jerry is really nice to Elaine. I'm so glad that they have this like 
really cool platonic relationship. Like, I love it. But then he, like, does something shitty. And I'm like, what a douche. Uh Like, he he gets Elaine the apartment above him and then Mm -hmm. foils it once he decides that, like, it's going to be so annoying if Elaine lives above him. Meanwhile, like, these motherfuckers are running in and out of his apartment at all times of the day. Bro. What Kramer comes in like, the? You basically live with Kramer. I know. Like, calm down. Like, and Elaine is like, Elaine helps you in so many ways. She, like, she brings more to the table, friendship wise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Between like finding, she like hooks him up with friends and stuff, and she hooks him up all the time. Yeah. What does Kramer do? Oh, Kramer helps him find like weird Kr- bootleg hats. Yeah. Kramer's and shit. like, wait like, in my car. I just watched the episode where like. Actually, Elaine's dad. It's the episode where, like, oh, he's like a famous author. Right? Yeah, and he get and Jerry gets this like really expensive suede jacket, but uh-huh. the inside is candy striped. Oh my god! <laughs> and he has to wear it inside out because it starts snowing or raining yeah, it or starts snowing right? and it's yeah. gonna ruin the suede. And then Elaine's dad is like, "I ain't walking down the street with uh. you looking like that. You better <laughs> fix yourself." I'm like, they didn't bring an umbrella or anything. <laughs> Anyway, oh God, that show's so stupid. I love how flimsy some of the like premises it's to connect so, them are. It's I just so like funny. each decade that I rewatch Seinfeld, mm-hmm. I just have a new appreciation for it. Jerry Seinfeld, not the best comedian. Like when he does his stand up no. portion, I'm just like, all right. But like the show, it, it, like the teaming of the characters mm-hmm. and the writing, it's just very good and very and funny. I feel like, I mean, I cannot. I can't immediately think of an example, but I feel like it really holds up, too. Oh, certainly. Like, it's not, like... It's always been problematic in certain ways, and it hasn't, like... You know what I mean? Like, there... I don't feel like it's really, like... I think it's held the test of time a little bit. It's certainly... Even even in the early episodes when it's, like, men are like this, women are Uh like this, it's not too misogynistic. Like, Jerry's, like... If men didn't have sports to talk about or this to talk Uh about, we would literally sit next to each other and just, like, nod our heads, and Uh I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Uh. <laughs> like, but I it's feel so like, dumb. yeah, even when they do shit like that, it's kind of like, but do they? You know, like, it, it, they always question things. Oh, yeah, it's never, yeah, yeah. like, done in this, like, so uh-huh. fact kind of thing. It's not like the, uh-huh. Megan. <clears throat> you know what, you know what the worst part of having a wife is? I, right? Having a wife. Yeah. <laughs> She's um, a woman. <laughs> okay, so you made the Tim Allen noise. You've now spawned me into, before we continue this episode, I need to mention a horrible thing that I saw the other day. Oh, no. You and I are now known fans of the Santa Claus TV show. (laughs) Are we? And I have to tell you, I've gotten some really heartbreaking news. Santa Claus's daughter from the Santa Clauses is a Nepo baby. That's Tim Allen's real daughter. Does she have braces? I, I don't think she had braces. But she had braces, you know. Yeah, like, they should put braces like she, on her. She seemed like she had braces. I feel like she might have. Who married now. Tim Allen? I don't know. Who has chemistry with this I guy? I don't know. It's not Kirstie Alley. Yeah, right? it's not Kirstie Alley. And it certainly isn't Juliet from Lost. <laughs> so now, in order to be convinced that the show is under a curse, Kermit tells Fozzie that something bizarre and hideous and unnatural would have to occur. Gonzo doesn't count. amending the criteria for which his skepticism may be lifted kermit says they'd have been visited by something absolutely disastrous immediately a meteor rockets through the room pinning his flipper to the desk (laughs) aliens hatch from the object and announce that they've arrived 
only to observe and ask questions. I loved these aliens. They're so very much. 1950s. They look like garlic heads. I love them. They have little like gas that comes out of the garlic top yep. of their head. They're a very old school robot aesthetic, and I, I love it. I was so glad that we got new aliens. Yeah, and that it's not just Kuzbanians or like it's. I, they're so fucking funny looking. When they say later on in the episode that they're Jonathan Winters, I'm like, they kind of look like they could have been molded a little bit after his face. Yeah. You know? I loved that they were, like, trying to just, like, body snatch the people and, like, take over. There's a lot of weird stuff in this episode that I love. Like, I think this episode was, not to give it my, like, rating right now, but I think this episode was fine, but it had a lot of fun, weird things in it. You know? So Fozzie and Scooter perform on her doorstep last night. Halfway through the number, the aliens insert themselves into the song and ultimately scare Fozzie and Scooter off the stage. This convinces Kermit that the show is cursed. I love this stupid song, too. Oh, yeah. When they're like, and then he kissed her, and then they're like, where? On her doorstep. Yeah, on her doorstep. And they're like, and they just kept going. Like, even this, like, the sketch was sort of on purpose, like, Mm -hmm. falling apart. And they just kept going with it. It was good. So this is a I like song that. written by Harry B. Tisdale, Robert Hargreaves, and Stanley J. Damerall. The song was recorded by Jack Kuhn and BBC Dance Orchestra in 1929. Wow. wow, this Harry has to be Jim because, so but he's Jim had been collecting music uh-huh. forever, and just like from. 29 is when this was like famously recorded it's so cool and he spent so much time with his grandparents like singing songs and telling Uh stories i think it's cool that he like shared i like to imagine this is from his like mental archive Uh that he was just like let's use this song Uh weird old comedy song from the 20s yeah i was hanging out with lisa and uh, showing her some old music Uh or something like he was at home for like two minutes because we know famously he was (laughs) never at home He was too busy. Next, a shark enters Jonathan's dressing room looking for Jacques Cousteau. Jonathan finds him in the shark's mouth. Cute. Like a weird little cutaway, but, but I like the shark puppet. Yeah, I like the shark puppet. And it's interesting, too, because now, like a little spoiler tease, this shark puppet returns next week. You are such a spoily spoilers. Yes, he does. Right? Does it say a shark? Let's see. I can click the shark and find out where he's been. And I like the so sketch shark, that he's in next week. This shark is new for season four, according to the wiki. Oh, really? Yes. He first appeared in the Crystal Gale episode, then Dudley Moore, now Jonathan Winters. Mm. And he's going to be in two more episodes. I like it. Okay. This was something that I... Oh, you're already making a face. I loved this so much. This was the best bear on Patrol. How it started, though, with his... Fi- oh, Fozzie's so cute. Uh-huh. Bear on I Patrol is great. This, I don't love this bit, but I loved this one. Oh, so this much. one was great. Bear on Patrol. Bear on Patrol is being attacked by an octopus he arrested for pickpocketing. While Link Hogthrob questions him, the octopus ultimately overtakes Fozzie, removing his uniform and takes instruction from Link, who has just received a phone call that a valuable octopus has been stolen. Oh my I god. I love this. This blue octopus. And then what is he saying? He said something about like, oh, you need to finger get him get his fingerprints. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't know how I'll do that. I don't think he has you know fingers. And he goes, oh, start with the pinky. And I go, and he Fozzie says, he's all bluey. Yeah, he's all bluey. The way it, it looks like it has itself filled into the Baron Patrol's uniform, and he has his little hand, uh, his neck hole holding the hat on, 
is so the puppet- fucking funny. It's the puppetry so, was really good so here. So well done. It was so well it's done. So goddamn cool. And then he takes over and he like basically wears Fozzie's uniform. Uh-huh. I also love I like Bear on Patrol might not be the best sketch, but honestly, Link as a police officer is hilarious I, to me. Yes. Because he's a pig and uh-huh. he's an idiot. Fumbling. He's yeah. an idiot. I love the Link hug from voice also. It's like, uh, yeah, I, know. I don't know. It's like sleepy, <laughs> right? Like, I do miss Uncle Deadly with Link. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's them together who yes, talk? Usually. Yeah. Link, um, I don't, I'm not going to talk anymore. Link. That's the next episode yeah. problem. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> next, we have the UK spot, though, which was, I have to say, besides Peggy's Piggy Sue, who's in the UK spot, mm-hmm. I guess it's like what I decided about this sketch. It's all about the gypsies. It's like a gypsy sort of like campground. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I guess this makes a lot more sense for people in the UK because they're more familiar with this culture. Yes. The idea of this. Because yeah. if this was an American spot, they would have to, like, in my opinion, they would have to nix all the, what they're calling gypsies, and they would have to replace them with, like, Appalachian people. Oh, that's a good one-to-one, I think, for the perspective. And of the, what the, they're doing and yeah. how they're doing it here. Yeah. So the gypsies sing golden earrings. An old gypsy lady Annie Sue and some gypsy paste. An old yeah. gypsy lady Annie Sue. Okay. Girl, no gypsy has that afro like that. This is a song by Jay Livingston and Victor Young. Oh, it's from a movie, Golden Earrings. Is that song, is is that about the movie? Is the movie about, you're asking? I don't know. The Romani people, or? I'd have to take a second. No, you don't have to look. It's okay. Do everything. Just seeing all these pigs, though, too, it's like... Here's the... No, it's a spy movie. It's a spy movie. It's a romantic spy film made by Paramount Pictures starring Ray Milland and Marlene Dietrich. Dietrich, yeah. A gay icon, Marlene Dietrich. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, why don't you come here and fill my hole with this? That's my impression of her. <laughs> I don't know how to... I don't know what she would all... Well, that was worth it. I'm glad that we looked into this movie. <laughs> no, but she is, like, famously, like, she's bisexual okay. and, um... Would, Why don't you come over? Yeah, here? she is that. Like, <laughs> that's kind of. <laughs> Why don't you come over here and fill his cup? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, okay. Next is a Muppet Labs. I'm so glad Muppet Labs returned. I was I've happy been for this, right? Because you know what, Bunsen Honeydew and his sort of like hilarious antics, mm-hmm. where he always wants to hurt Beaker. And he pretends like he doesn't know Beaker's going to get hurt. It's becoming hilarious to me. I don't remember like if he if he is this like vindictive in the modern ones, but he's in these old ones where he's just like, "Oh, I can't believe that happened!" Is so fucking funny, so dumb, and so funny. And poor Beaker. Bunsen Honeydew presents his new invention, a luggage compressor. His first demonstration flattens a suitcase to the size of a book. In an attempt to show off the full capabilities of the machine, Bunsen calls on Beaker to continue the presentation by trying a steamer trunk. I just want to give the listener here a representation of what this machine looks like. And it could look like one of two things. Uh Either at the airport 
like luggage the thing machine. where they go and they uh-huh. x-ray it or one of those like domino's pizza the domino's pizza yeah which <laughs> just like a conveyor belt those conveyor belt cooking thing like the conveyor belt cooking is so interesting to me that like you know it knows that it will take like five minutes to drag it along this oven or whatever and that's the amount of time that it takes to perfectly cook their pizza or whatever is like very cool i don't know why i love the idea of that that you know that when i worked at a bowling alley famously mm-hmm. that's what they had to make their pizzas it's yeah. like that like oven it's two layers and uh-huh. you like stick it on the one side and it comes out the other side it doesn't always cook perfectly like yeah. you're giving it too much credit it's not foolproof i love when you i this is, <laughs> the only other instance that i can really think of is like when you stay in a hotel and they have continental breakfast, and they have a toast machine. Oh yeah, it's put, a like, mini a version of, of that. And it just like runs it through, and then it like drops it. You yeah, know? or like yeah, a bagel. Never toast your bagel, right? Mm-hmm. No, it, it, but when you leave you this area of the country, mm-hmm. like bagels are not. Oh, a and thing. It's Thomas's bagels, barf. That's not a bagel. That's just circle you might bread. as well go to. That's Dunkin' Donuts too. Yeah. like that's not a bagel. I never would get a Dunkin' Donuts bagel. It's disgusting. It is. It tastes just like a Thomas's bagel or whatever. It probably is. Yeah. Mm-mm. And they only put like the stuff on the top of it for some reason. And the, but the thing is, is like if you get cream cheese from there, and I don't get them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I know this. I must have gotten them. They uh, like cut the cream cheese block and they just like oh, stick it there. It's like a slice of cheese. Or they don't even like, spread it. No, it's disgusting. <laughs> I'm not a cream cheese person because I don't like what I call cream cheese culture, and it is that they like. It's like you need a mound. It's not a schmear. It's like a mound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like a little cream cheese. I like a little veggie cream cheese that has a spice to it. I like the smell of it, but I can't eat cream cheese. It tastes too sour to me. Mm. It like, I don't know. And sour in that context tastes like spoiled. Yeah. Like the idea of it to me is spoiled. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this has gone bad. I'm not supposed to be eating this. I love a bagel like as a sandwich. So mm-hmm. like egg salad yeah. on a bagel. Yeah. I love a, my favorite bagel is uh, a white fish salad with onion mm-hmm. on a toasted bagel. Oh, delicious. I, got, I recommend that to anybody. It's underrated. I'm totally derailed on this now too. We went to Whole Foods a couple days ago, and I got a chickpea salad sandwich. Ooh. That was so good that I'm, like, thinking about it now. Those are easy to make, too. Yeah. You just get a can of chickpeas. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. I, like, I'm, like, obsessed with it. Chickpeas, it so a.k.a. Good. garbanzo beans. Garbanzo. So if you're Italian. <laughs> Sorry. So back in the dressing room, an alien introduces himself as Jonathan Winters, selling the claim by saying he's from Earth. Jonathan is amused and dismisses him. Steve Martin, gosh, you'll do anything, won't you? I don't know. I don't kind of get... I don't I, understand why they mentioned Steve Martin. Is he, maybe he's trying to say, like, oh, Steve Martin did this show, and now I'm doing this show, or oh, something. Maybe that kind of like a, yeah, what he, am I doing here kind Steve of thing. Martin was an early guest for us, I think. Yeah, I think he's season two. Yeah, they, they should put Steve Martin in this season, because then they'd know what to do with him. Because that was back in the day when they still weren't sure. They really weren't. They, they Kermit and him didn't do dueling banjos or anything, no, which would have been amazing. Steve Martin fucking loves to tell you about his banjo i know why didn't he play the banjo so now i could have guessed this was the uk spot personally a caterpillar trudges through a storm in weather gear singing you'll never walk alone and again i think this is a british song you'll never walk alone if i had to guess i didn't look it up this is from the rogers and hammerstein musical carousel okay but you know that i know this song because 
back in my day, I fancied myself a punk rocker. And this is like a punk anthem. Really? Yeah, you know that like stupid band that the addicts that used to dress up like the Clockwork Orange people? They sing this song. Really? Yeah. yeah what no, a I've concept band. Before. There was another band like that, I think all female, called the Droogs. And I think the idea of an all-female band being like that, called the Droogs, is better. But then when you think about what a Clockwork Orange is about, it has a lot to do with, like, these guys, like, go around and they, like, knock on people's doors and they, like, rape women and, and just, stuff. Like, cause chaos. chaos. Yeah. Right? Like, Which, chaos, one thing, but then you get, like, what are these Droogs going to go and rape other women? Like, that's uh-huh. so, like, like, what, t- what side are you on? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. so I guess, like the outfits are really cool and that's why like people do things because they like the aesthetic aesthetic of it which which i think is cool uh in one way and then in another way where you think about it a little deeper and you're like all right this doesn't represent anything great no it's kind of fucked i like the aesthetics of that movie i'm not gonna lie i really do the guy with his eyes yeah. being like forced open and everything. Who's I've that? never seen a Clockwork Orange. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell plays and him. And they drink maybe? milk, right? Yeah, Maloco. What's Maloco? That they have all this like slang oh, that they like make up. They like this, it. like it's like it's supposedly like a mix of like Russian, British, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, made up slang. I forget what it's called. My knowledge of a Clockwork Orange comes from the Simpsons parody. Of- <laughs> <laughs> does homer play alex no with the I eyelash think, is that the lead one yeah i think mo does okay i think it's mo interesting from memory it was i think a treehouse of terror i have to see that one treehouse of horror rather from a few years ago <laughs> i think oh, and they wear these like diapies on the outside of their bodies i do have to say like in the beginning of A Clockwork Orange, like, they do go to the milk bar, and there are these amazing tables of women. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it's like a woman's, it's like a woman's body, and they're like this, and mm-hmm. it's a table. So it's plaster. Like, it's not a real woman. Oh, okay. It's not I'm, a real woman. It's not a real woman. I'm thinking, like, you know those sushi places where you <laughs> eat off a model? Oh, my God. You know what I always think of now is like because those conspiracy theorists are always like Marina Abramovich is a is a witch uh-huh. and like they, they did this I don't know they had this party where she was there and like they had you know famous people are fucking crazy and they mm-hmm. had like a woman laying in the middle of something yeah. with like syrup all over her body and like people were like eating around her which is weird it's so weird. it's just giving fuel to the conspiracy theorist uh-huh. fire like and I'm talking about like not like oh we didn't land on the moon kind of conspiracy. Uh, 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 the ones where people are like, adrenochrome, and like, they're killing babies. It. And it's like, they're probably selling their organs, yes, but I don't mm. think they're killing the babies for Satanism. <laughs> I think it has to do more with, like, selling organs. Because uh-huh. you know you're worth more chopped up in organs than you yeah. are, like, your net worth. <laughs> Just this liver, this... Fun facts of the morning to think about. Like, <laughs> wow, you know... It's a dark Sunday morning. Yeah, too. like, my liver's probably worth a lot more than even my house. <laughs> <laughs> so now backstage, Scooter informs Kermit that the gypsy warns the final stage of the curse will turn everyone Swedish. Throughout the conversation, <laughs> Gonzo, Fozzie, Scooter, and Kermit's dialogue all turn to mock Swedish. The chaos lures... The Swedish chef into the room to gleefully play and celebrate. <laughs> I love that he does Swedish because I'm pretty sure Jim is Swedish. Yeah. Henson. Son. He's oh, he's of the Nordic. I think yeah. he, he does have Swede in his. I could be conflating with Cassandra Peterson. He's Swedish. 
Because <laughs> I know she's Swedish. Uh-huh. And I also read her biography. Because you know I love them biopes. 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 It's not a biopic. <laughs> it's not a biography. It's a biopes. So the gypsy introduces the closing number who always wanted to mimic Kermit's unique style. Wait. She did a good job. Oh, yeah. When she did, she did, She like, does a Kermit impression. Uh-huh. And she goes, <laughs> Three trolls dance to the instrumental version of English Country Garden while the newsman reports that he has not been infected by the Swedish turning portion of the curse. These are trolls. These giant Fozzie things. I love these whatnots. The are one they? Oh, they're the, whatnots? I would say so. They're giant. They're not puppets. They're, they're yeah. people with heads. But they have whatnot faces to me. Okay. The one, he was in the song in, um... This was silly. He was silly. in the Copacabana bit. The one in the red suit with, like, the, um... He has almost, he like, was Rico? lion looking hair. Yeah, I think he was Rico. Oh, no, or he was the bartender who was her... No, he was, he the, was, he was the one who, like, shot. shot the guy. Yeah. We don't know who shot who. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry that... That's not fair to say that he shot. <laughs> the song goes. We don't know. We don't know who shot. <laughs> the gypsy says because the boring, stupid types are immune. The newsman tries to defy this by listing some Swedish references, including Smorgasbord, Stockholm, Ingmar Bergman, <laughs> Ingmar Bergman, and Swedish meatballs. Look at this. They're calling them trolls. They're just that's their name, the trolls. Okay. That's so weird. Three trolls. Yeah, he was. They're he appeared as Rico trolls. in the Cop- Copacabana. You are so white. I, I cannot mistake this. He, I don't know his his hair and beard remind me of the Cowardly Lion from. He does. You know they. It was like I couldn't take my eyes off of them dancing. Uh-huh. It was so weird. They have that gritty body and where you want them to like move pointless, their belly. <laughs> literally related to gritty. These uh-huh. are gritty's cousins. Yes, they're definitely have gritty in vibes. the family. Like when gritty mm-hmm. goes home for Thanksgiving, he's yes. hanging with these the people. The trolls are at yeah. one of the tables. They can't talk about politics. No, oh my god. And they certainly can't talk about Philadelphia teams because no, you know how Philly like fans Scotch. are. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> they definitely can't talk about Philadelphia. <laughs> Toward the end of the number, Statler and Waldorf begin speaking English again, as the half hour they paid for the for the curse has run out. The gypsy offers another half hour for only seven bucks. Backstage, Jonathan slips some cash to the gypsy, thus continuing the curse. I bet you that's like thirty bucks now. You think so? That's like the inflation. Whoa! Actually, let's look that up. Hang on. <laughs> 1980 to today. Okay. Get your calculator. No, I'm doing this. You ready? So, Jonathan Winters would have paid $25.20 to the gypsies in today's today's money. Yep. Damn. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, she was like, I'll take seven. I'm curious to know if the half hour was $7 or if it was that. She's trying to buy a she's dime bag. She's going to extend it now. <laughs> she's trying to buy a dime bag. <laughs> Closing out the show, everyone is still speaking Swedish. <laughs> this time including Winters. Kermit signs off, presumably thanking the guest star as they are joined by Gonzo, Patty, Fozzie, an alien, the gypsy, a penguin, and a sheep. Spoilie sheep shows up in the next episode yeah. too. So on Nickelodeon, they cut the "You'll Never Walk Alone" song. 
But the caterpillar was so cute. The caterpillar was It really was. Cute. I could. I could admit, though, that it's probably difficult for the kids to pay attention to that sketch in particular because it was literally just his legs moving. <sighs> yeah, and I maybe <laughs> didn't pay attention fully to it. Just the same. <laughs> all uh, I could think about I know it. You're right because yeah, all it I could. Me. All I could think was this is British. I think mm-hmm. like the only, or at least it was adopted by that British band. Yeah, that it's tried some... to sleep with my girlfriend when I met them. Wait, really? Yes, they brought us backstage and they were trying to like sleep with her, and they were like, "Well, you can come too." Oh no! And I'm like, oh. "You can come too." Oh I'm just God. like, ew. Well, Megan, <laughs> all around, I think this was a pretty all right episode. I enjoyed it. I have no full complaints. I think there was a lot of fun bits included in it. Jonathan Winters, we didn't really look too much into. We know last week we looked up that he was on Mork and Mindy. Yeah, I know he was also in the Flintstones movie. Which that's I, what it says. Have a soft spot Flintstones, for. and then it said like he would like step out of his comedy role once in a while and do like a Twilight Zone or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I was also Pretty excited cool. that when I found out that he was a part of the Flintstones movie, he was just, like, in it, you know, I don't know. but um, He wasn't Fred's dad, because he certainly could have been. He could have been, right? He was a truck driver, right, in, in it? Uh, he was a, I know he worked at the quarry that he got laid off from in that movie. Have you watched it recently enough, Fish? No, but you know what? We've talked about it enough that I yeah. probably need to. I know he was one of the dudes who got laid off. Well, also, another connection is the Henson Creature um, workshop did some work on the Flintstones movie. I found out through that. So he must, the the Dictabird must have been a Henson creature. Very, very interesting. So now that I have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, you have to watch it. It's a part of what we need, well, our it, study. It, may, <laughs> it will be a part of our thesis. At yeah, the end of this. <laughs> long-term study, the evolution of the Muppets creatures. But yeah, if you watch and you think about it now, like all of those creatures that are in the Flintstones, like the... The, what is it? The sink is a mastodon that, you yep. know, like blows the water out. Very dinosaurs esque. It all kind of has to, yeah, it would it have to be a part me of, of that. that. I'll see you true. Okay, just seeing Jonathan Winters, though, in the Native American headdress, it's like Native American headdresses are really cool. They're so cool. They really are. But, yeah. like, for you to put one on and then to do, do an, an impersonation, impersonation yeah. like, it's just not a good look. No, it's not. It's so bad. And it's not like we're coming at this now with like a woke lens or whatever. It really never was cool. No. It shouldn't have been done ever. We it's have used like and abused. We know now. You know, we knew then. The First Nations of this culture yeah. tremendously. And then like during World War II, we're like, well, we need your language uh-huh. if we're going to win this war. So we'll use you. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's really we're, shitty. We're literally horrible. Uh-huh. We should know better. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. In 1980, you can't tell me that, like, I don't know. It's not, it's not the vibe. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't, it is not the vibe. So next week, we're going to be watching episode 417. Oh, I don't, well, I don't know that that number's correct anymore. But next week, <laughs> we're going to be watching the Star Wars episode of The Muppet Show. Star Wars. This is the weirdest listing for a guest because it's just Star Wars. It's, what is, I forget what they say in the next episode, but it's something like Star Wars the stars. stars. of Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The stars of Star ah. Wars. <laughs> so, Kermit has booked Angus McGonagall, the Argoyle, the, <laughs> this is so hard to Angus say. McGonagall. The Argyle Gargoyle, who gargles Gershwin gorgeously. 
But at the start of the show, the cast of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, and R2-D2 smash through the wall looking for Chewbacca. Kermit is thrilled to have them on the show until he finds out they won't actually perform anything. So, <laughs> this episode sounds nuts. I'm really excited to talk to you about it. And, um... You can follow along with us on social media at t- ITTWTM. Mm-hmm. Message us. And until next week. Thanks for the gumball, Angus. Bye.